On today's show, final takeaways from Houston Rockets training camp. Day four, as the rookies were absolutely showing out, Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore, how have they looked through training camp and what can we expect from them going into this season, as well as some open practice fun, open practice for your Houston Rockets. A bit of a different experience this year with Ime Udoka. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked On NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked On Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search Locked On Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for 20 off your first purchase and as always thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day whether it's on the way to work on your lunch break in the gym thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day Joining us now is your weekly co-host, Madison Moore. You can track down on Twitter, at MadmanLeaks. Here to revisit, react to, and kind of break down some of what we learned from the final day of Houston Rockets training camp this past Friday in Lake Charles, as well as a little bit of kind of the the fun, kind of the uh, unofficial tip-off of the season when every year the Houston Rockets do their open practice. They bring fans into Toyota Center. The players sign a bunch of stuff and chunk it out into the stands and we get kind of a glimpse for the first time mm-hmm. at the team. It's not, you know, a real first glimpse because the real first glimpse will be, you know, first preseason game, but it's a fun opportunity for the fans to get some excitement, to get to see the players. And it was done a little bit differently this year with mm-hmm. new head coach, Ime Udoka. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but Madison, man, it's been a ton of fun. There's been a ton mm-hmm. of optimism. We're going to get into some of the takeaways from day four of training camp, but hit me with anything that stands out to you just kind of as, as an observer of training camp so far, because I've been in it. I've been, you know, boots on the ground. So maybe there's something that I haven't missed from kind of that bird's eye view of, been, of what's been going on with the Rockets. What are your feelings right now about this team as we just wrapped up training camp? Yeah, so my feelings is is that these guys are really getting after it and competing defensively. Wait, wait, wait. They're, getting think, a, they're getting after it? They're not getting <laughs> after it. Like I promise you that was not playing. You said it. <laughs> no, no, especially, especially the uh, the second team. I feel like well, uh, when, every time I watch the second team, the second team is very, very active, uh, point of attack defense, playing the passing lo- lanes, forcing turnovers and making it really, really difficult for the first team to to get into rhythm. Um, I think that has been my biggest takeaway. I feel like we got a lot of, you know, five-minute snippets here and there. Um, but I think – and also the one of the biggest takeaways is Amon's passing and the reporting that has come out about Amon, uh, Amon 
actually being one of the bigger bright bright spots uh for this team especially in the fast break which i kind of been talking about in the past about Amon's ability to get up and run and pass and and and, and bring energy to that to that fast break and you have to combine that with the defense that this team is now playing i think that is a recipe for success and that's something these young rockets have to lean on absolutely no and and the two uh, the two Houston Rockets rookies, Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore, were the kind of the two mm-hmm. uh, shining bright spots from the final day of training camp. We got a chance to talk to both of them and uh, kind of uh, it was very fortuitous that they both had some really uh, nice moments in the little bit of scrimmage mm-hmm. time that we did get. If you haven't been able to watch it yet, it's all available here on the Locked mm-hmm. on Rockets YouTube channel. So go check that out. Had a lot of kind of you know behind the scenes footage from Lake Charles training camp. But we'll kind of start things off with Amin here because he had some he's his passing has been absurd it's right um he's had some moves where you just you see the processing speed and the decision making is just so next level for a rookie mm-hmm. like he is making moves in his mind before actually executing them on the floor and Ime talked about him be basically being a one man fast break and mm-hmm. to your point Madison the kind of the second unit that you were highlighting those guys currently for the second for the third and fourth days of training camp included Amin Thompson, Reggie Bullock, Tari Eason, Jeff Green, and Cam Whitmore. I did that out of position mm-hmm. order. Oops. But I was like, I was like going, uh, whatever. It's those <laughs> five guys. And that's different from the first couple days of camp where Reggie Bullock wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And Jay Sean Tate was kind of part of that group. So take right. that with a bit of a grain of salt. I still fully believe that Jay Sean Tate is going to be an important part of what this team is trying to achieve this season. But that second unit, as you pointed out, right, it has a lot of switchability. Um, they really are going to be a terror defensively, switching yeah, things one through five. Works. And then offensively, the big thing here is that is a five-out lineup, Madison, right, where mm-hmm. a man has the ball, and then you put four shooters around him because Cam has been shooting the ball well. We know Tari can shoot mm-hmm. pretty consistently. Jeff Green can shoot the ball well. And Reggie Bullock is a sniper. So you put those four shooters around him, and it really opens things up, gives a man the driving lanes that he needs to really succeed, especially on offense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I really like that lineup a lot. Um, with Amin lead, leading it with the ball in his hands as being the primary guy, making things happen on offense, and just the level of aggressiveness uh, defensively that type of lineup can can pose to other teams. They're long rangey, um, athletic defenders who are who are honestly very strong for their positions. Um, so I think they the we we know Yudoka has been putting in a switch everything lineup, and that that uh, bench lineup is a excellent switch everything lineup. I think those guys could will be able to hold their own at every uh position. Um and, and we've seen some of that uh, occur because we've seen instances where Iman has been switched on to Shingoon and whatnot. And th- those guys are gonna have to stand tall in those situations. And I just think when you have a, a lineup that plays like switch everything, but with th- with that level of fast aggressive defenders, playing the passing lanes, creating turnovers can really uh, electrify that offense and bring a certain type of energy that this team desperately needs to be successful. 
Absolutely. And we got a couple clips from the most recent training camp footage of mm-hmm. a man kind of showing out a little bit. He's got this Madison, one of his, one of my favorite things that he does. And I tried to ask him about this because I was wondering where it came from is, is those over the hand, like mm-hmm. one handed, like hook passes over the top of the mm-hmm. defense. Cause he's so tall, right? He sees over everybody. So when he's in practice and like Fred Van Vliet's checking him, he's like seeing right over the top of Fred's head. And so he'll make these like bullet passes on the money with one mm-hmm. hand, whether it's, you know, right hand, left hand doesn't matter. Like he starts his move and then just whips it over the top of the defense. And then the other thing that we saw that had Rockets fans going crazy yeah, was the step back three pointer. Oh, he yeah. Had, had yeah. the ball against Fred. He's dancing on him on the perimeter, steps back into the three pointer with the utmost confidence in the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 hard to kind of pick apart shooting mechanics from, you know, a handful of scrimmage footage and free throw footage. But it does kind of look like a men's got that elbow a little bit more tucked in where it needs to be. And, and the form looks better than it did before. And we know he talked about it on draft night that he was going to be putting in a ton of work with new Rockets assistant coach Ben Sullivan, who's wide regarded as an NBA shooting guru. It really feels like not only a men has done that, but the whole team has been putting in a lot of work with Ben Sullivan uh, to kind of get to a place where, uh, you know, being able to raise the overall level of shooting on this roster. Of course, of course. I mean, I hope Ben Sullivan is in the lab with all these young players uh, with, with, and they don't need major advancements with their shots like Amin may need. They just need slight tweaks that will improve the consistency of their jumpers. And I'm glad you brought up the step back jumper with Amin because there is a difference in his form. And I first noticed it in the scrimmage videos when I looked at a free throw because Amon has, to me, um, very glaring mechanical issues. It starts in his base, but for me, the the biggest issue with Amon's um, jump shot was the 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 elbow not being secure, the off arm elbow being out, and there's a noticeable hitch at the top of his jump shot. Um, and that hitch, it's like it's when he pops his wrist, it almost it almost kind of reverberates in a weird type of way. And when you have those type of issues um, in the long run, even if he was making jump shots now in the long run, it it hurts your consistency because the way you become a, cons- a consistent jump shot, jump shooter is your mechanics have to be a- be repeatable. And because he has that hitch, you can't, you know, that's not a repeatable thing. In- unless, I- unless your name is Chuck Hayes, it's really hard to repeat the it's, hitch. <laughs> it's, it's very rare. And we know, and we know Chuck, he wasn't the best <laughs> free throw shooter <laughs> leaning. Right. <laughs> but I-, I say all that to say that, um, Amon this year and probably next year will not probably not be a good shooter, you know, not good three point shooter. But the difference in him, his mechanics changes his projection for me. And you know that I I love my I love to analyze project and project. And for me, it's a glaring difference that now this jumper looks so much more fluid and repeatable that it's something this is a good starting point for him to really get the reps up and actually grow into a competent jump jump shooter. And if uh, it remains to be seen, if this will be consistent, right? If, if these mechanics will truly hold up and this is how he'll be shooting for the rest of the year. But for me, I'm not, when it comes to Amon's jump shot, I'm not interested in his percentage this year. I'm interested in the fluidity and repeatability of it this year. Even if it's a bit slow, he can speed it speed it up later. But it's important to get those mechanics right. And so when he begins to get the repetition, it will it will come, the consistency will come as well. So I've been really pleased with his jump 
Jack. And that was one of my my biggest apprehensions with Amon. But hey, when you have a good shooting coach, that's a credit to this staff. You know, it can really transform. And that guy's potential is <laughs> just got just got so much more scarier. League is blank. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I can, we, we can't, we can't say the no, no words on the podcast. Um, I will also add just one very quick point before we transition over to Cam Whitmore here in a moment. Uh, you know, I also, I think it's big too, right? Talking about the comfortability, the fluidity of the shot, but also how he kind of gets to his shot, right? Because there's other players who mm-hmm. maybe they're working on their forms, they're changing things. And, you know, maybe it looks comfortable when he's in a standstill spot up, you know, shot, but then, you know, he still looks a little funky when he's going off dribble, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But again, the fluid, he, he's a guy who already is so comfortable with the rock in his hands, has a variety of moves, um, kind of has the ball on the string a little bit, being able to, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever he wants with it. And it's good to see that kind of translate into, Hey, I can, I can hit this step back or I can pull up from mm-hmm. mid range and, you know, elevate over the defense. So it's just ironing out the kinks in the actual shooting form, which again, with Ben Sullivan in tow now, uh, not going to be an easy task, but it's definitely one that we know that they're working on night and day uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. Do want to switch, switch gears here to Cam Whitmore, who was arguably maybe even a bit more impressive than a Min Thompson in what we saw from the scrimmage footage, at least, and could very well be fighting for a role and maybe earning some rotation minutes, which is something that you and I didn't think was maybe going to happen, Madison. Yeah. So we're going to have to maybe eat some crow earlier than uh, we thought <laughs> here in the next segment. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for the next big event you're going to, right? The logistics of buying tickets can sometimes be a nightmare. So take the stress out of it with Game Time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you. They've got last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, so many deals that you want to take advantage of with Game Time. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got views from your seats. You know exactly the type of bang that you're getting for the buck that you are spending. They've got their lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and so much more. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals for every single sporting event happening near you. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to and including after the start of the event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA. That's L O. O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now we spent that first segment on Amin Thompson, obviously going to be a very big part of what the Rockets want to achieve this upcoming season, but potentially the other Houston Rockets rookie, Cam Whitmore, who Madison and I, we've talked about, we've waxed poetic about the fact that Cam, you know, very raw product coming out of the gate was maybe not going to get, was actually likely not going to get uh, significant rotation minutes right from the jump. But then at media day, we had Ime Odoka who mentioned Cam Whitmore by name when talking about how to kind of fill the void that would be left mm-hmm. by Kevin Porter Jr. no longer being on this Rockets roster. Now, maybe the calculus changes a little bit when you bring in a veteran like a Reggie Bullock. But again, you see the scrimmage team they're using in practice a lot of, right? Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Reggie Bullock, Tari Eason, Jeff Green. That's a switch everything, five-man lineup that's got shooting from positions 
two through five. Amin is your primary ball handler. That lineup has a lot of versatility on defense and on offense. And one area that I think we've really seen Cam kind of shine through these four days of Rockets training camp is he's not doing too much. I feel like sometimes you get a rookie who comes in and they're like, I got to prove myself. Give me the rock. I'm going to make things happen. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break down the defense and do this, do the other thing. He is letting the game come to him, which is something that I feel like oftentimes rookies kind of have to go up against when they start their season. They're, you know, doing a little too much on the floor, a little bit too much mm-hmm. of this, that. And, and suddenly, you know, coach has to pull him aside and he's like, Hey, you're making bad decisions. You're in your own head a little bit. Let the game come to you. We hear that all the time with young players and it's not, you know, it's just scrimmage footage, not a ton to go off of, but especially there in that day four footage, we saw, we've seen Cam basically be used as effectively a wing, right? He's basically a three and D mm-hmm. wing for this Rockets second unit where he spots up offensively. He takes good, high quality three pointers from the corners and from the wings. Um, so we saw him hit one of those in, in the training camp footage, a little, you know, corner three point shot. We saw him uh, attack off the catch where a defender closed out too hard and he took a one dribble kind of pull up mid range shot just on the interior of the defense. We saw him get up for a massive offensive <laughs> rebound where he's his head, Madison, was clear <laughs> like above everybody else in the frame on this like still frame from the scrimmage footage and he just just yammed it home. So that's the type like very KJ Martin-esque in mm-hmm. the explosiveness, the offensive rebound potential, all of that. And then I think maybe one of the biggest things that was really interesting is he had a play where he was guarding Alper and Shingun in the post. And Madison he didn't move like Cam is a rookie and LP like bodies like legitimate centers at the NBA level. And LP's trying to back down Cam and Cam is just like a brick wall against LP doesn't move at all. Doesn't doesn't give up the position. And then when LP does turn Cam immediately explodes, elevates and blocks the shot. Now it may or may not have been ruled a goaltend. It was kind of hard to tell <laughs> from the footage and it's kind of hard to tell if the ball was like, you know, starting to come down, mm-hmm. but just that little sequence of defense gives me so much encouragement for Cam because, again, he's the kind of guy, the kind of athlete that has the insane blend of speed and agility to guard the smaller players, but then also the power to stick Mm -hmm. with bigger guys. We might be looking at Cam as like a guard forward, and really I think his future is as like a three slash four at the NBA level, like legitimately, (laughs) because he is going to be a mismatch nightmare for opposing Mm -hmm. guys who are maybe big enough and strong enough to guard him, but they're not fast enough to guard him. And that's, Mm -hmm. again, the NBA is all about mismatches and, and how to create an advantage. And I think Cam could be a big part of that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you talk about, about Cam's size and his physicality and able to that being able to translate to the NBA game immediately. Immediately, he'll be a force of nature um at, with his with his physical uh acumen with his kind, with, kind of with like Charlie last season. Yeah. So I mean I think it's I think it's um I think it's a step ahead, like a step above. You know what I mean? I mean, he is literally built like a tank. You know, Tari's frame is a little bit more slender, but of course he has an NBA-ready body. But I think that is how impressive Cam's athleticism and body combination is, is that he'll be even one step ahead. And a lot of the the things that 
Cam was able to do in college when he put his head down and put his shoulder in someone's chest and they bounce back. He'll be able to do those things uh, at the next level immediately with the size and uh, with the size and athleticism that he has. Some of the things that like Jalen still is, is struggling with today because he doesn't have the frame to actually do it while Cam is coming in with that frame. And, I, and so that will really bode him bode well for him early on. And like you said, playing with, with energy, with his head on fire and a roll off the bench, I I think he can really he can really help this team um, with that type of energy and get a lot of easy buckets, play defense, uh, you know, switch ability. So he has positional the the positional flexibility to slide up and down the lineup at, in the wing positions all the way up to the four. And I think he'll be a, a decent rebounder as well. I mean, he, we already know that he's a, a, was a pretty good offensive rebounder um, in college and. I've heard he's been shooting. He's been shooting lights out in these scrimmages, and that's a huge part about Cam. Cam, we know you're you physically are going to be able to hold up day one in the league, but is your skill level good enough? Right? Are you a good enough three point shooter? Are you good enough ball handler? Right? Are you are you are you smart enough to read the passing lanes? Right? Um, are those are the things that are going to keep him on the floor? Because we know physically he'll be there. So if he just has enough skill to, to make just enough threes to stretch the floor, and then he can use his energy and uh, activity to get up and down and run and affect the game in those ways, I think Cam will can can break this rotation, break into this rotation, and be an integral part of this Rockets team. And again, very similar to Tari last season, right? We're coming out of the gate. We weren't really sure how much Tari would ultimately play uh, as a rookie for last year's team. Mm -hmm. And then he played so well. He was just, it's like you had to give him minutes. And I think there's a world where Cam, with his skill set, with his NBA-ready body, he might still be a very raw talent in the sense of like, he might have future star potential, right? Like he's one of the highest upside players on this roster, but the way that they're building him up and kind of starting him in this role of like, Hey, we're not grooming you to be a superstar for this team. We're grooming you to be the best role player that you Mm -hmm. can be. And then if you can exceed that, and if you can become more than that, then absolutely that's the cherry on top. Um, one other thing, right? Again, I think sometimes rookies kind of get in their own head a little bit. They want to showcase themselves. They want to prove themselves. There were a couple moments, right? Where cam would get a rebound. And he would start, like, he would take one or two dribbles in transition. But then, rather than trying to go the full way, coast to coast, and handle things himself, which he might have done in college or, or earlier on in his career, he immediately seeks out, right, his his playmaker, right, his lead guard. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a man, whether it's Fred, whether whoever he's hooping with that's supposed to be handling the rock offensively, finds them and then immediately goes to fill his lane, right? Gets to the rails and then transition break, awesome. And I think that's mm-hmm. such an underrated piece, right? Because sometimes you mm-hmm. get rookies and they're like, I got the ball, I'm gonna go do something with it. Especially in transition when your eyes get real big and you're like, oh, I'm, a, I'm gonna go down there in transition and get a highlight real level play. No, he's he's making good, smart decisions so. with the basketball. And I think that it stems from, again, the support network of the coaches who have very high expectations set for a men and Cam, but then also just themselves, right? Cam, we and we've had uh, Cam's skills trainer, Aaron Miller, on this show over the summer, and Aaron's a fantastic guy. Make sure you go give him a follow on Twitter, at EBT Miller. Um, but, you know, one of the things that he talked about that they're working so much on with Cam is just him making the right reads because they know mm-hmm. that Cam can break down a defense and that he can put the ball in the deck and make things happen with it. And the first read is good, right? Understanding how a defense is guarding you, how to break down the defense initially. But it was that second read as the defense throws a second guy at you or what you're going to do. Cam has, I think, the tools to be potentially a really good playmaker at the NBA level. Maybe not ever like a 
offensive initiator, but somebody that can collapse a defense and get a kick out to the next guy and kind of get the defense scrambled a little bit. And that might even bleed into transition a little bit where maybe he's a guy further down the line where you see he gets a rebound and he just goes coast to coast either because he's going to create for himself or for a teammate. But it's nice right now to see him not doing too much. And when I did ask him about running in transition with a men, he said the only word to describe it is scary. Because yeah. he's got a man who's an insane athlete and a great passer. He talked about himself being a high flyer. And so the two of them getting out in transition, I'm sure the Rockets are going to get a ton of highlight footage between those two guys uh, this upcoming season for sure. So might have to go back and you know issue uh, a retroactive bold claim, I guess, that Cam <laughs> might actually find himself in this Rockets rotation, kind of working himself into this rotation. So I'm look, Madison, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Crow is my favorite meal. Cause if I'm wrong <laughs> about something, it usually means that something good has happened for the Houston Rockets. So if I'm wrong about cam, not getting rotation minutes right out the gate, then I'm all here for it because that means that cam has done something amazing yeah. and has earned that spot in the Rockets rotation. Coming up, we're going to get into some of the takeaways, not significant major takeaways. We did get a chance to speak to Coach Ime Udoka, Tari Eason, Dylan Brooks uh, before Houston Rockets open practice. And then open practice was a ton of fun, and it was a bit of a different vibe this year. And it's kind of this ongoing trend of how things have drastically changed under new head coach Ime Udoka. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Case. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I know I teed up open practice, and we're going to get to that in just a second because there were some fun things to, to highlight, great vibes all around. But one other thing that I did want to uh, mentioned that we were Madison and I were actually talking about in the break there uh, before coming back to the show was actually there was a drill that the Rockets were running day four of their scrimmage and I was so intrigued by it because they were on the practice court and they're like a whole court length away from us because we're like stationed in the corner of the gym and I'm like zoomed in like three X on my phone trying to get as much you know footage as possible but what really threw me off is the players kept switching sides of the court. And I even second-guessed myself when Amin hit that step-back three. Like, he hit the step-back three, and then a second later, he was playing offense on the other basket. And I was like, wait, so what, was it Amin who had that? Like, and I had to lean over and ask another guy. I was like, it was Amin who hit that step-back three. Right? Like, I really started second-guessing myself. Turns out, and I asked Coach Ime about this, and he explained it in beautiful detail. And I will say that has been one amazing takeaway is getting, uh, you know, a coach who is willing to really kind of share the basketball X's and O's of what he's trying to accomplish with his team has been really incredible. You know, him really taking the time. And then if you're able to get him with a follow-up question, which I was able to get a couple follow-up questions in on this specific topic, he just kept giving more and more information. It was awesome. So apparently it was a transition defense drill to where 
they start the possession out. There's 10 seconds on the clock, and then you have 10 seconds to get a good shot off. And then they're intentionally sending one guy to the opposite end of the floor so that on the next offensive possession, the team with the ball is starting at a five-on-four advantage, which forces the team with only four guys to figure out how to play transition defense, right? When you're down mm-hmm. a man because they got fouled or knocked over, no call, missed shot, whatever. Um and they constantly, and they're flipping it on the court consistently. And Ime mm-hmm. would like freeze the play every so often and tell, tell everybody stop. All right. And he would send a man down to the other end of the court and then he would start it. And then they'd start playing offense five on four. And the other guy would have to run back into the picture. So there's moments where you see a men or Fred being told, Hey, stay on that end of the court. You're going to have to mm-hmm. run back into the play to see what happens. And specifically, I, I didn't, Ime didn't clarify this one, but I'm assuming they went with Fred and Amin because they're the point guards. There are going to be oftentimes mm-hmm. where maybe they're driving, driving and kicking, trying to set up an offensive action, and maybe they get knocked down or fouled and there's a no call. Oftentimes your guards are sometimes the guys that are maybe lagging on a play to get back in, especially uh, when it comes to transition defense. And Ime said, look, we were a bad transition de- defense team last year, right? So we're trying to iron out that area mm-hmm. of our game. Uh, and it was just really cool to see them like running a drill specifically to work on that. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to, I wanted to highlight that, uh, from Ime Odoka because again, Madison is just, it's just a completely different vibe this year as far as what mm-hmm. he's bringing to the table as the Rockets head coach. Yeah, no, it, it, the structure is definitely already felt. And, and that interview, I listened to that interview you have with him, those follow-up questions, and it was a very insightful drill. And it just also, I think speaks to, the attention to detail in the weaknesses of this team the past couple of years and the lengths that we're going to actually address the, those those things now. And that's something I think we can all really appreciate. And the, the structure that he's providing in these drills, I also think that translates to the structure that we've seen uh, today in the uh, in the open practice. Right. Um, I know I know I haven't been able to go to the open practices over the past years. Cause I haven't lived in Houston. I like bought a ticket to go today and I just had too much work to, uh, to actually be able to get down there. But I did was able to watch it on the LOR stream that you provided. Right. And it, I hear it was uh, uh, very different from the past couple of years. So Jackson, I know you were there. Can you explain to me how, how those things were different? So, and, you know, it's so funny because I I actually saw some Rockets fans who were kind of upset, like, man, we didn't get a scrimmage and, like, this, that, and the other. And yeah, I, was I was like, I left there thinking, this was way better than any scrimmage we could have gotten because, let's face it, last year, oh, my God, it's fun to see the guys kind of running up. And look, I will say, I did miss uh, Boban MC because that was funny as hell last year, seeing a Boban run up and down the court with a microphone in the game yeah. trying to MC what he was doing. And we, we didn't quite get a, you know, I'm dribbling, I'm bouncing, I'm bouncing, I'm bouncing. <laughs> but, um it's just last year, right? It, it's let's face it. When you walk out there and you, you know you're in a quick five minute scrimmage going back and forth, there's no defense being played. There's barely any offense being played. Guys are taking turns just lobbing the ball up to each other and you know mm-hmm. some fancy dunks here and there. And it would have been cool to maybe see that for a couple minutes, but it gets really boring after like 60 seconds of seeing you know guys lightly jogging up and down the court mm-hmm. in sweatpants, just lobbing the ball up to the rim, no defense being played. It's not a real scrimmage, right? You're not going to learn anything from an open practice scrimmage. But what I do think we learned is, like you pointed out, right, 
the structure that Ime is providing to this Rocket team already bleeding over into open practice, right? And talked <laughs> with a couple people who, you know, had kind of, you know, were trying to be a part of the plans for open practice within the organization. And they were talking to Ime like, hey, you know, what are we going to do? We're just going to do a scrimmage with these guys and let them, you know, roll the ball out there. And he's like, what? No, 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 no. We're going to run some drills. Like, that's what we're going to yeah. do. Um, <laughs> and, and the drills that they ran were real drills. We got an yes, actual Yes, I did those in, some of those in high school. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was really, yeah. Like, it was so cool to actually see the team doing their their prep work right doing their homework and seeing uh kind of a pe- a real peek behind the curtain as to some of the things that they do drill and practice mm-hmm. every single day to make themselves better players and a better basketball team that to me was a mountains far above better mm. than watching some like half-ass scrimmage where you know the players are jogging up and down the court and not mm-hmm. even trying on either end because they're just ready to you know wrap it up and call it a day which is not them it's not that they weren't trying to put on a good good you know a good show mm-hmm. for the fans but it's just nobody wants you to go all out in open practice and hurt yourself. So right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think that's a that's a very I think that's a great perspective. Like we always get to see the you know roll it at uh, you know borderline t- first quarter all star game type exactly. scrimmage, right? And there's there's nothing really there's no really meat to it. It's just hey, it's fun to see our young guys get up there and go go dunk, right? Um, but in this. They did actual drills. Drill some of those drills I did actually in high school, and I was like, "Wow, they're really out here running some drills." And I didn't know if NBA teams were doing still, you know, doing some of these things. But they are. Those are some of the funnest drills. The drill where you where um, two guys come down, they they shoot the layup, and then um, somebody passes uh, for wings on the side to shoot threes, and then they make you go against the clock. You have to score a certain amount of points uh, uh, in a certain amount of time was, in that I drill. I believe it was sixty points. You know the name in, of it? 60 buckets in two minutes, I think, was the, was the goal. And they, they landed right. at 58. So they landed at – they were technically two buckets short. Um, and Ime then even said – like he was like, look, we can't, we came up two buckets short, which would normally mean you're doing some cardio or some lifts or something, you know, yeah. as, as a, as a you know, punishment, punishment yeah. for, not, for yeah. not hitting the, the quota. Yeah, but, like, let me tell you, that drill is tough. It's a fun drill, but that time limit makes you go hard. It makes you go hard. And I was like, wow, they're, they're doing, you know, you know, some of the little bit of that in, in the NBA. I see it's like a cardio drill and a, a, a way to kind of up the ante and get you get your blood pumping. Because when you're in game speed, you know, the shots become different. You get tired. You get that pressure. And I was it was really good to see them doing drills like that, drills that I'm, like, familiar with. You know what I mean? I always wonder, would an NBA practice really look? like what type of drills are they really running and I, I I think that was a great perspective that hey we're gonna run up do some fun drills and we still got the alley-oop and Jalen windmill we still got a little bit of you know a little bit a little bit of fun in there and of course they did the whole um the the rookie dance off which was <laughs> which was kind of sad for mom and but I, Hey, it's okay. okay so, so, uh, <laughs> a man clearly is lacking on the rookie dance. That's fine. He makes up for it with his play on the court. Um, you know who was the dark horse there, though? Matthew Mayer could move Matthew. a little bit. Like, on the far left side. So, like, I thought it was just going to be a man and Cam for a minute. And then I forgot about, like, the two-way yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. The, the non-guaranteed contract mm-hmm. guys, the camp deals, and the guys who you know haven't played an NBA minute yet, so they're also technically rookies. And you saw Matthew Mayer come in with a little... And he I couldn't was like, wait. I was like, oh, my God. This <laughs> he man was ready for this his... moment his whole life. <laughs> he was ready for his number to be called, dog. He went out there and showed his moves. He really he really saved the day for Amin because Amin... But, hey, look, Amin... Look, I'm in, I understand, dog. I'm kind of one of those 
kind of stand in the corner guys too you know they don't really do a whole lot you know a little, little wallflower just, just a little skill. hip sway some finger <laughs> yeah. snapping that's all you're doing right keep it keep it right here just just keep it yeah right <laughs> um, and then also Dylan Brooks man I didn't expect Dylan Brooks to be Eme introduced him as the dancer on the team like he and so then Dylan Brooks came in and he was doing like a whole day like he walked all the way out to center court he made it a whole show the team started copying him and also shout out to MC Eme like that was the that was the other part that I was really taken aback by is like Ime was having a little fun with it. He was cracking mm-hmm. some jokes. Uh, he gave us the little kind of glimpse into, and I know Rockets digital social media had already posted this, but um, there was a moment in the Rockets huddle the other day. Ime likes to close out the huddles and he mm-hmm. throws it to a random player every time. So every time he closes out a huddle, he picks somebody at random and you have to be ready to go with something uh, to say when he throws it to you. So on social media, they posted that he threw it to Amen, and Amen goes, uh, and then, and immediately goes, Ime goes, uh, on three, one, two, three, and the whole team goes, uh, and then in open practice, they were ready for it. Everybody was on their P's and Q's, so he threw it to Cam this time, and he even asked Mm -hmm. the audience, he was like, who do y'all want to hear from, and, uh, I don't know how he heard the audience, because I was hearing, like, Jalen, Alpi, Jabari, and, I guess he picked, he, it was cool that he picked Cam, you know, let the rookie have his mm-hmm. moment. And uh, Cam was ready for it. He just, he just said perfect timing. Like that was, yeah. uh, and so that was, so they said perfect timing on three. And I love, it's those little things, right? Those culture building things. It might seem so small in the grand scheme of things, but that's such a nice way to, you know, somebody's going to say something dumb and now you're all going to mess with them about it. Or somebody's going to say something cool and now you're all like, oh, that was dope. Like, it's just, it's a brotherhood that they're trying to build here, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, it's those little things that bleed into building the culture that the Rockets really want to have here with Ime. And two guys who know a little bit of something about winning and a little bit about a little bit about culture, uh, who have won at various levels, both in college and in the NBA together. Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler, two mm-hmm. Houston Rockets legends, were nice. also in attendance and kind of gave their like stamp of approval for Ime Odoka. Now I it's it's my understanding, I think they were I think there was potentially going to be like the city edition jersey unveiling uh at open practice, which was kind of going to be one of the bigger draws of like, Hey, our city edition Jersey, right? The, uh, the, I think it's the red, white, and blue spoiler Mm -hmm. that we got from Fred's Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, again, those, those seem to be kind of five slam pajama inspired, which makes sense with Hakeem and Mm -hmm. Clyde. And, um, so I think there was something that like was originally planned for that. And maybe it got pushed back or scrapped or whatever. Um, but they still showed up and they still, you know, fans love hearing from them and they both shared kind of their stories. There's the connection with Ime Odoka who kind of idolized Clyde Drexler growing up and really looked up to him uh, quite a bit. So having that full circle moment between those two guys was honestly a really cool, wholesome moment to see take place. Yeah, of course. And then also with Hakeem, um, uh, given the moments and experiences he, what he had with him and Yudoka and both uh, sharing a Nigerian uh, heritage, I thought was really cool. And you, we all know that um, there's a big, very big Nigerian community here in Houston and how, you know, we don't think about those type of things, but how that could really make uh, Yudoka feel at home in a new place. You know what I mean? And I, I thought I thought their conversation was get, great with Craig uh, uh, moderating it. Um, and uh, one of the things that I, I loved about it is Clyde talking about things are going to be different. Clyde believing that things are going to be different. And it kind of just goes to show like as much pain as all Rockets fans felt and, you know, and like other people, you know, 
you know, like Clyde Drexler, Rockets legends also felt that pain, and they have the same vote of confidence that we feel right now. And and, and he said something very important that I thought we know these guys are going to get after it because they not because those type of players that don't get after it don't play for MAU Doka. Yeah, the, the, those guys the, won't the be on the floor. specific quote, right? Yeah. Goes, if you <laughs> don't play if you don't play great defense and if you don't play hard, you won't play for Emeo Doka. I love that quote from Clyde. Still not as good as Club and Baby Seals, but an amazing quote. Um, <laughs> cannot forget the Club and Baby Seals. Got to bring that up. Sorry, Clyde. Um, look, it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of excitement in the air at open practice and we'll get a real first look at this team. Tuesday as they take on the Indiana Pacers at Toyota Center. First preseason game. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And then they've got a pretty stacked preseason schedule. They have the Pacers, then they're on the road against the Pelicans. Uh, but that one will be in Birmingham. So it'll be kind of the uh, the exhibition-style game there. Then they've got two games against the Spurs on the road. So the Wimby, uh, the you know, going up against uh, Victor Wimanyamo, that'll always be fun. That mm-hmm. renewed Spurs-Rockets rivalry. And then their final preseason game against the Miami Heat before the season ultimately tips off. So five, hopefully really exciting preseason games coming your way very soon. Of course, we'll have a cover for all of that right here at Locked on Rockets. But Madison, you know the drill. Let everybody know where to track you down at. Yeah, man. Come interact with me on Twitter at MadmanLeaks, man. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Can't wait for the season. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.